Welcome to Less Than or Equal, the podcast about pursuing equality and geekdom by celebrating the diverse in their accomplishments. I'm your host, Aline Sims, and today I'm pleased to be joined by Micah Sargent. Micah, welcome. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Thanks. Good. Who are you, Micah? <laughs> I, you know, I've been listening to several of your episodes and I'm supposed to be prepared for that question. You never think, are. It's yeah, it's uh, once it happens, it's like stage fright. Like whenever yep. they ask you your age and you forget and you're like, I'm seven and five, six. Um, but I, uh, I am a, let's see, a podcaster. Um, I, I do a show with a friend called Integrate and I'm a senior editor at a company called Newsy, we're an online video news organization, which is a whole lot of uh, words that just mean that we do uh, bite-sized video um, that combines a bunch of different sources to try and give a nuanced and uh, balanced approach to the news. So one of our our, our favorite things um, to to you know, one of our value propositions is the fact that our news uh, tries to capture more perspectives than just one side or the other, be that Fox News, MSNBC, uh, or somewhere along that line. And let's see, I'm a, a, a happy dog dad. I have two dogs that I love very much that I call my kids. And a tech head. I absolutely love technology, love trying new technology. And I guess that's why I do a tech podcast. So I think that about covers it <laughs> when it comes to who I am. <laughs> it's so hard to try to encapsulate all of the important things about you in just a couple of sentence on sentences on the fly. Like it's the most difficult thing. I ask this question like every week when I talk to somebody, mm -hmm. but I go on another podcast and they're like, so tell us about yourself. And I'm like, yeah, you'd <laughs> think I'd be prepared for that, but I'm not. Yeah. So you, you're putting people on the spot, but then when it comes back, then it gets a little difficult for Table's you. Turn. So. Table's turn. Yes. So you, I wanted to thank you for reaching out. You listened to the episode I did with Joe Rosensteel a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. and you did as we pleaded, and you <laughs> went to the contact form and filled it out. So thanks so much for um, for coming on the show. I was delighted to get your email. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was I was listening to the show, and uh, like I like I mentioned before, you know, I typically um, I, I hear those different calls to action, and I don't. I don't really ever go on them or, you know, respond to them. So I heard that and, and heard you guys talking about that and thought, you know what? I'm actually going to, I, I was listening um, over her Bluetooth uh, on, on a speaker downstairs and my, my office is upstairs. And I said, I'm going upstairs right now and I'm going to send an email and, and see, see what happens. So um, I was delighted to hear back from you, not only because working as a journalist, you, <laughs> when you, when you reach out to sources, it often takes multiple days to hear back, which is especially difficult for the way that we do uh, the news at Newsy and hearing back the same day, it was like, all right, what's going on here? This doesn't seem right. Um, and <laughs> it wasn't, <laughs> that was an anomaly, I promise. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, it was a happy anomaly okay. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and I'm doubly impressed that you actually like changed locations. That's 
Oh, yeah. I, I work from home and sometimes it's just like, you know what? I have my nest in my chair and I'm not. I'm not, not going anywhere. Not leaving. Yeah. Right. It was, I was kind of surprised with myself, honestly. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, sharing, sharing my story, um, is not something that I've ever really done. Um, and, and talking about different things, you know, it's, it's interesting when you start to kind of look back and, and think about different things that have happened to you. Um, but then also consider how, stories that you have could be helpful to other people. Um, there, there's an odd balance between uh, trying to figure out how much of it is. Um, oh, what's the word? I, I've always worried about being too, you know, my story is so important. So let me tell it kind mm -hmm. of thing versus, well, will this actually help somebody? And, you know, I, I've, I've read a few, a few stories uh, throughout my life and talked to a few friends who have backgrounds similar to mine. And it is helpful. And I think that, you know, there, there's always somebody out there who benefits from from hearing that uh that, that there there are positives <laughs> there are positives and, and i mean there are always negatives but uh the the silver lining anymore seems to be uh more more often than not if that makes sense mm -hmm. so it it definitely does so what would you like to share about yourself today well, I've got um, two interesting uh, backgrounds, I guess, that that have uh, influenced my life. One is the fact that I am biracial. Uh, so my my dad is black or African-American and my mom is white or Caucasian-American. And that has had some uh, interesting uh, effects on my life. Uh, one of my favorite phrases to hear, and one that I hear more often than I think anyone would ever care to is, what are you? Uh, <laughs> uh, so people, yeah, people have, you know, looked at, at me and, and tried to determine what, um, my race is. Uh, but but the interesting thing is the way that it's uh, phrased. And mm -hmm. I, I have a good friend of mine who is also biracial in, in the same way. And uh, her and I have, you know, kind of listed all the different things that come up. And um, so, you know, I, I found myself throughout life to in, in order to kind of like, ease the uh the introduction of new new friends or acquaintances, just laying it out immediately. And it's kind of sad that that has to happen, but it seems like you can almost you, you look at somebody and you can see them looking at you and they're kind of like trying to figure you out. And there are different ways, you know, that you that you try to figure somebody out. But I always know what it is. And so I said, you know, I will say uh, you're probably wondering. <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you, my dad is black and my mom is white. Oh, I was wondering. I thought you might be this. I thought you might be that. And, you know, you didn't really look black. Uh, you know, those those things are actually said by people. You don't look black. Oh, you don't look black uh, so I, I just didn't know. And your hair is this. And you're, it's like, oh, my goodness, why does it matter? Um, and I actually... In in high school, uh, back in the day, I had a teacher ask me, uh, she, she came up to me and said, or asked, you know, if you could go back, would you choose for your parents to be either black or white? 
And my jaw just kind of dropped, you know, I, I, I couldn't believe that that was said. And I kind of looked around like, is anyone else hearing this? <laughs> um, because uh, I just, you know, you, th- you think the people who were put on the, the earth <laughs> to, to educate kids and have gone to school to, to educate our youth who eventually become our adults, who become the people who educate the youth of the future, you want to think that they uh, have a higher level of thinking, I guess. And sometimes that's just not the case. Sometimes they're just regular people, if that makes sense. Um, and that might be kind of clumping, clumping into a group a little bit, but it was, it was disappointing. And, you know, having to deal with that <laughs> in a place where you're supposed to feel safe mm-hmm. and trying to, uh, reconcile like okay well this person thinks of me as this exotic thing Mm -hmm. whenever really it's just two people who got together and and produced a child i don't know it's it's interesting because humans are born out of of uh differentiation and and exist and thrive because of it and so my uh mixed skin tone doesn't affect the person that I am underneath, except for the fact that it's, I guess, made me stronger um, in the sense that, that those things have come up. You know, you told me about your teacher in your initial email, like you, you shared that with me. And I just kind of stared at the computer screen for a minute. And that comment and comments like it in, in the story you're telling of um, like needing to make people feel comfortable with your racial background like immediately is so bizarre to me and part of that I know is because I'm very clearly a white woman like there's 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 no pigmentation in my skin like bare minimum like I'm 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 pretty pale you know And, and so that's something that I've never encountered but it's also something that I've never even thought about and it's it's absolutely baffling to me that with alarming regularity it's something that people need an explanation of mm-hmm. i just i i can't e- i can't even understand why it matters <laughs> right that's that's always you know after i uh have gone through and done the whole i know you're wondering and i i tell you you know honestly every time that is the case because they're like oh i was really wondering and it's it, it, i don't understand why it matters and mm-hmm. you know the same thing it seems doesn't apply to someone who quote unquote looks black or looks you know this or looks that and it's it's just the fact that i i fall somewhere along the spectrum and so that um that is what's caused this this curiosity that i mean i mean what do you gain from from knowing that you know there's there's nothing gained from knowing uh what my race is other than this odd curiosity that you that you have is i don't know is quenched i guess and, and that's that's what it's interesting looking back cuz like i said it's become such a normal thing for me that when i was typing up this email all of these different stories and and things that have happened, like I said, have popped up and it's like, wow, I can't believe that I spent time trying to understand that and, and or trying to explain that about myself always. And it just seems like a normal thing, but really it's not. And 
I don't know. I, I, when I was younger, again, I had another teacher, um, who asked this was, this was, uh, you know, I feel like this was more of a fair question and didn't quite fall in the same spectrum as the, the other question I was asked, but said, you know, growing up as a mixed race person is, have you ever experienced any adversity, um, in the same way that, that others might. And I, I think, I think I was blessed and am blessed that adversity doesn't typically come up in, in terms of, you know, subtle racism, I guess, and things like that, where that might apply to other people. Um, but in and of itself, the curiosity is kind of uh, a bit of adversity because it's a barrier to injury for new friendships and new connections. And especially if, you know, you go a month without doing what I typically do, where I just lay it out and then they finally, uh, you know, you finally, oh, you know, I've always wanted to know this. And it's like, well, how many times when we were having serious conversations about these things, were you just wondering what my race was the whole time and and didn't ask? And that's that sucks, <laughs> plain and simple. Going back and going, you know, were my conversations and my thoughts important to you? Or was it just important for you to try to figure, figure that out? And so I, I don't even know. I what what there is to to gain from this necessarily um that in and of itself other than i don't know i just it bears no importance mm-hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't seem to be a question that that needs to be answered but for some reason has always been a question that needed to be answered it just it's it's a little bizarre to me i think it's something doing what I do um, in the podcast realm. <laughs> I do a lot of things, but with this podcast, something that I I think about quite a bit is why why it matters to people. Not why it like really matters, but I think it's um, I I don't know if it's something that we're taught or if it's like an evolutionary something, but it feels it seems to me like um, we really want to put people in boxes. Mm-hmm. We want to have a discrete container that that describes um who somebody is. You know, even though that's not how people work. People are 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 a multitude of things and and they are those things in different ways from other people, but I think one of the like air quote easy classification systems is race race um and that i think is societal and it's really disturbing that we live you know it's we live in the future and we're still classifying people by skin tone essentially right but i don't know what that need is like that need to put people in containers if it's um like a safety mechanism like i like it helps us know what to expect from other people or or what but i i think that that's part of it is that for whatever reason race has become well i know why race used to be a container for people i don't understand mm. why it still is 
Yeah, I I kind of wish uh, we had Georgia on the show right now um, because she, she would be able to provide some some guidance here. But I, I can remember uh, in college uh, learning about how humans, you know, they, they're there are two separate ways of, of gaining understanding and uh, being able to suss out a situation and there are the like categorical things that we come to understand and then there are the things that that happen after we take time to learn about somebody and so uh it's it's all based in like our evolutionary need to to figure out uh you know what's safe and what isn't and so we almost have to make assumptions about a situation based solely on how that situation looks to us immediately versus uh, what we are able to learn over time about a certain situation. And unfortunately, the same thing seems to apply to people. And um, in some cases, you know, you can you can kind of you're going down the street and you see uh, perhaps somebody that is you know wearing wearing glasses and and a hat and has a big trench coat and it looks like there's a there's a bump in the jacket of the person and you you're like okay I might cross the street because this this looks like I might be in danger and then it turns out that there was nothing you know there was nothing wrong but our our evolutionary need to uh, or, or rather our like our basic drive for society, survival exactly yes uh is it gets in the way <laughs> almost and um it's interesting uh that be- because in most cases now i mean you can honestly if you're in a situation where you're at work or you are in the case of of back in high school being in the classroom or in college and in the in a classroom um you know, it's highly unlikely that you're in an unsafe situation, but yet those those survival tactics still apply. It seems uh, so. So that's that's interesting. <laughs> um, but I, I guess I guess that's where it comes from. We are almost predisposed to putting people in situations into boxes, and because of that, it it influences our <laughs> our decisions and. I don't know. Um, I it's it's just it's still it still comes up all the time. And so it's clear to me that like that is still a factor and I still have to to tell people or else that is what they'll be thinking about whenever they meet me. And it's like, well, I can see the gloss in your eyes as you are trying to process. And I don't know. Um it's it's unimportant uh for the most part to right. to the conversation and it's just it's surprising i guess is this something that you encounter like if you travel i don't know how much you travel but like if you go you know to a different city and meet people there is it the same everywhere you go or do you notice it more you know in in the city in which you live yeah so i live in the midwest um for for those who might be listening and the Midwest has <laughs> has its reputation, but traveling to other places, I think, depending on where you go, there are certain boxes and uh, 
qualifications or not, not qualifications, but back to what we were saying before, certain boxes into which people are placed, uh, into which I might also be placed. And I know that's, that's a little bit floaty and hand wavy, but, um, depending on where you go. So to the South, assumptions might be made on on my race versus going to the north or somewhere else. So I I feel like here in the Midwest where we do get a greater majority of uh mixing pot um the questions come up more. And and it doesn't seem, you know, it's not from someone or or some somebody that I've just met, you know, it's not like I'm sitting at a, at a restaurant and someone's like, <laughs> what are you? But it's, it's with people who I've, you know, become acquainted with. And so, um, the, the short answer to your question is yes, it still comes up. Um, but not as often, you know, to the different places that I've gone, uh, used to live in California, um, have been in North Carolina, have lived in North Carolina, have visited Colorado, you know, the list goes on. And in, in California, assumptions might be made. You just get, you get, uh, dropped into a category, um, that, you're, you're likely Hispanic, um, was, was always the case. And in, um, North Carolina, from what I can remember, I was, it it was when I was younger, so I was hardly separated from my mom. Um, And so oftentimes they thought I, people thought I was just adopted. (laughs) It's like, oh boy, Um, it, 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 it's, it's interesting. You know, we, these days there are so many people of mixed backgrounds and mixed heritages and things like that. And I mean, I guess there always have been, but now more than ever, it's, it's a, it's a thing, you know, it shows up, uh, mixed race couples are, are in commercials and on TV and, and things like that. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, thank you Cheerios and, and the rest of <laughs> <Right>. you. <laughs> um, and so it's like, it's, uh, the, the, the assumptions made a long time ago was like, there's no way I could reconcile that this child who has a darker skin tone, that if his mom is white, then he must be adopted. Like, that's the only way that it could be the case. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> to answer your, to, to go back to your question, it just depends on where I go. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that, so one of my best friends has, um, my goddaughter um, is adopted and she is black and, um, her mom's from the South, from Tennessee. And, um, I remember right when my friend got my goddaughter, um, because it was a foster care situation and, um, and her mom was like, well, someone's going to think you were, you were with a black man. And she was like, and like, (laughs) so right. And, And, and I will, I will kind of forgive her mother because she's, she's fairly old and she's from the South, but I just wanted to rip my hair out. Right. Because it's none of anybody's business. No, that's, that's so sad. And, you know, my mom uh, has recounted stories of when she was in high school, uh, we lived what we call here in the Midwest out in the country as, as kids. And so that just means, uh, pastoral and uh there was a farm <laughs> and there were cows and things like that and my mom went to a uh quote unquote country high school and she was bullied uh when when they found out that 
she had a black child inside of her when when they found out that I was there and um and she was pregnant with me then she was uh bullied because racism ran pretty heavily through the the school she went to uh which is very sad and and uh you know, back, back then, I guess, I I don't know, it it was a little bit of a different time. But just the fact that having a child who is not, I don't know, it it blows my mind. And (laughs) I, I suppose I'm privileged in that sense, because I have honestly, thankfully not been touched by hateful racism. Um, myself and Mm. i i am i am incredibly grateful that that hasn't happened but my mom had to experience that and it's just so disappointing and you know honestly sometimes though it, it doesn't have to be the the bullying and the being pushed into lockers and saying words about what what my mom was carrying and things like that but just the like what you mentioned you know even the background makes sense and i've made concessions i guess for um for different people because it's like well that's how they grew up and mm-hmm. things like that but what is, i can't remember exactly what the quote is but it's like uh the tiny cuts add up to the 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 overall overall pain or something along those lines death by a thousand cuts yes thank you thank you um and so you know that that happens whenever people are wondering what you are saying well i just never would have guessed because your nose looks this way or your hair looks that way and it's like oh my goodness why 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 do you even have to guess um i'm so sorry i just uh i've i've learned to deal with it you know <laughs> that's i'm i'm sure but i just you know again going back to my own privilege like it's it's just not something I ever thought about um, because, you know, I grew up in a, a very white area. I grew up in pretty much all white area. And um, not only have I not experienced, you know, firsthand racism like that, I haven't witnessed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I talk to people such as yourself and they tell me their stories. And, you know, I have I have a lot of friends, you know, who are, who are people of color um, from various ethnic backgrounds, and they tell me some of the stuff that they've endured, and I just can't even comprehend that mattering. And I I, I keep repeating myself. This episode is Elaine saying I don't understand what is going <laughs> on because I just it it just it just boggles my mind. I'm so sorry. Well, I I really I mean I appreciate that, and it's not it's not my intention to, uh, as I'm sure you know, you know, for for anyone who might be listening or otherwise, it's not my intention to get um, sympathy out of this, but instead to express that you know if there are others out there that are going through this, it's it is kind of tough, but I think I think to. A, for me, it could be much worse. And I'm grateful that it hasn't been much worse. And and B, it's just, it's something that can be dealt with. And I can honestly say that as time goes on, it's become less and less of a thing. Um, Younger, uh, growing up, it was more of a thing. And now it just seems to be, uh, to be less of a thing. And, you know, it's interesting, um, coming from a mixed background and having, 
a white family and a black family. Um, a lot of times people will ask, you know, do you do you reckon, you know, do you uh, fit more in with one side or the other? And that's something that honestly, I've always struggled with. So my my parents are separated and have been since I was very, very, very young. And so I have grown up with my mother. Um, and my my mom is white and my that side of my family is is white. And so in all, you know, in all honesty, I have spent most of my life in in that background and in that culture and know less about my African-American heritage and um, and that culture. And so it's it's always been a a bit of a bit of guilt for me and a bit of, um, you know, something that inside I've had to reconcile with because I have had people say, you know, you you just you just don't act black or you just you're you're the whitest person I know. And, you know, it's these these classifications again uh, coming up. And every time I hear that, um, you know, it's a chuckle uh, immediately because that's uh, sometimes the best way to <laughs> deal with things is to smile and wave. Um, but then inside, it's like, you know, I don't I don't want to be this one group or this other group. I am both things. And forms, you know, forms make you choose between the, the, what's your race. Are you, you you can check the other box or you can check one box, but they don't let you check multiple boxes in most cases. And there are certain ones that do. And I always celebrate. I mean, I will literally <laughs> go, yes, I, I will. I will always, you know, have a little celebration because I can say who I am. And that's always been uh, a thing for me that's bothered me is like, Growing up, I remember complaining to a teacher that the the forms for college, uh, when I was applying for different colleges and things like that, I had to choose between one background or the other. And the teacher went on a rant about how I should, uh, on every box I can, I need to check African American, um, because that will often lead to you Equal know diversity and yeah, yeah. D- different opportunities there and. I I said, I understand where you're coming from, but it's still frustrating to me because that's not who I am. I am both of these things. And and I feel like I should be represented as both of these things. And I suppose that is the one thing throughout life that I've carried with me. Representation is so incredibly important to me and equal representation is so incredibly important to me. Um, I biracial is not my my only um, uh, standard of of having I don't know of fitting into multiple categories so to speak. I'm also bisexual, um, and that is another stigmatized uh, <sighs> stigmatized classification, I guess, mm-hmm. um, because oftentimes you know a joke gets made in the LGBT. Uh, community that that is just you know you're you're on your way to to being fully gay or or something like that and it's just it's frustrating it's like wow you know 
I was born into both of these categories, you know, I was born with, with both of these things and they both have these like choose one or choose the other where we're, society seems to be very, very binary, even mm. whenever we like to say that we're not and, and strive to not be. And so that's why it's always been very important to me. And, you know, recently at work, um, there was a form that we uh, sent out to uh, to viewers, and it was just a uh, you know asking you know what what when do you watch your news? Why do you watch your news here, et cetera, et cetera? And the gender category was uh, between male, female, or prefer not to say. Mm-hmm. And I wrote an email to. Uh, the the people the marketing team and and to our our vp and said you know there are people who are neither male or female but do prefer to say and we haven't given them that opportunity and you know we immediately changed the form and oh i'm so glad they listened to that feedback absolutely i was i was very happy and you know i think that um Although we were recently acquired by a large company, we are still startup in nature and, you know, by nature. And that startup culture means that changes get made when they need to get made and there's no bureaucracy getting in the way. And um, I don't know if you follow Renee Ritchie and, and all of Imore. I assume you do, knowing who Georgia is. I do. Yeah. Uh, the other day I filled out he was asking. I did, too. Please tell about it because I was super excited. The the Apple Watch survey? Yeah. Yeah. See? Yes. I'm so happy that you... So um, Renee put out an, uh, a tweet and Imore put out a tweet that said, hey, we'd love if you could fill out this Apple Watch survey because there's been a whole lot of like different companies coming up and saying that the Apple Watch has sold this much or it hasn't and these apps are good and these apps aren't. So finally, my favorite Apple site on the web, Imore, is going to get to the bottom of it and give some real statistics that I can trust. Anyway, um, so as I was going through the survey, survey, uh, you know, it, it asks your your name and it's a, a fill in the blank box and, and uh, age group and it's uh, radio buttons. And it got down to gender and there was no drop down list. There were no radio buttons. It was a fill in the blank box. And I ne- I nearly teared up. You know, mm-hmm. I honestly nearly teared up because that is so important and so so thoughtful. So I immediately reached out to Renee over Twitter and said, "Major major props for um for doing this." And uh, I immediately he- tweeted it too. I was like, before I even <laughs> filled out the survey, I was like, yes. "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" Like <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm cisgender and I'm straight, but I was like, this is this is exactly what they needed to do. I was so happy. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm cisgender as well. And 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 so even though that that, you know, that I just I had I put male in the box. That was so, you know, I mean, it was so important. And Renee's response in and of itself was was great. He said, uh, you know, to my major, major props comment, he said, thanks, but it was just the right thing to do. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what, that's fantastic. And we just need more of that. We really do. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm more has its the site itself has its problems. It's got like some ad bloat and like all this stuff. But, um, <laughs> yes. you know, I had I had the pleasure of meeting Renee um, last month at WWDC. Um, Serenity Caldwell um, was a past guest. Georgia Dow has been a guest. Um, 
uh, Peter Cohen and I met at WWDC. So like I, I'm getting to know the iMore crew. Um, and I, um, I enjoy them a great deal. I think that they are, um, they're amazing because, Mm -hmm. because of reasons like this, like they're conscientious of their audience. Um, they do what they think is right. Um, and it's just, it's amazing to see stuff like that happen when so often on tech sites, I just roll my eyes and close the window because yeah, it's, it's just great. Yeah. And I honestly, you know, I, I listened to, to both of those episodes and, um, Rin is just so delightful and Georgia, I just, I can't get enough of, of Georgia. She's so listening to her, uh, I don't know. It just, it just lightens my mood and it just makes me, makes me feel happy. Um, and so she, yeah, she's so great. And uh, it's funny a while back, this, this really doesn't apply all to the conversation other than it involves Georgia, but a while back, she was on the I more show for the first time in a while. And I, tweeted out to her and I said um, something along the lines of like, it warms my heart to to have you on the iMore show again or something like that. And a, I got a drive-by tweeter who mentioned, uh, you know, throw, threw a comment at me and was like, that is super weird to say to somebody you don't know. And, you know, I, I replied in in kindness and said, in the Midwest where, where I grow up, you know, that's a phrase that gets thrown around a lot. And it, and it carries no ulterior motive or meaning than just, you know, it made me happy to hear you. And Georgia replied to the thing and said, oh, no, I th- I found it really sweet and I was uh, happy to see it. And, you know, just th- she didn't have to do that, but just uh, made me feel better about the comment because it seems like those uh, those Twitter trolls can get in there and really uh, get you down sometimes. And Oh, yeah. That's, you know, that's another factor that plays into my um, being a, a senior editor at uh, at Newsy. I'm, I, I also do anchoring and voicing for the company. And anytime you have an Internet presence uh, at all, you suddenly lose your humanity to some people and oh, you just yeah. become this, you know, this digital object at which you can hurl insults and things like that. <laughs> that's That's been fun to deal with. But thankfully, for the most part, we at Newsy have a uh, really uh, good sense of humor. And so we kind of all like get together and share the latest hate <laughs> that we've gotten or weird comments and things like that and, and have a good laugh. And I, I'm happy, you know, those things have, have not affected me in, in a very, you know, in a very long time being, being put down for different things. And I remember there was this one comment that holds uh, the, the award for like my most favorite comment. I was reporting on um, Yahoo closing down its directory um and the the comment was something like i'm sorry you're so lame that you had to report on something so lame and i just i I really i love that comment creative and evilist to boot right right absolutely uh so anyway those those things uh come up every once in a while but um, I don't know. I just going back, get, we, we, I've gotten really into the weeds here. That's but. okay. We like the weeds here at less than or equal. Oh, good, good. <laughs> uh, because that seems to be the case for me too. You know, it, I'll be talking on the podcast with my friend AJ and, uh, we're w- with integrate. We talk about, um, 
we we do do tech news. We start by talking about tech news, but the unique feature of Integrate is that we talk about integrating technology into your life and and how that can help um, make you more productive and things like that. And so we always end with recommending different products or services or or apps and things that we've tried. And always seems to be that we get into the weeds quite a bit. But um, you know, going back to to the representation thing, it's just it's so very important to me that 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 happens. And there are times where, you know, there's writing that I edit and we have, you know, there's an example given and it's, uh, he did this or he did that. And it's like, why, why can't we go with, they did this or they did that, or even she did this or she did that. And the, all those, those things, um, I think are, necessary. And I I can remember, I think it's the verge that sometimes will throw in she pronouns. And it's a delightful thing to me. Um, because it's just not out there enough. And I, I guess in and of itself that it's delightful is kind of sad because it should be, it should be happening enough that it, it, you know, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't even run across my radar, but, um, when it when it does, it still it still makes me happy. And I, I think the same thing applies to now that every time someone comes out in in the media, you know, it's still a big deal at this point. And it's gotten to the point where people are saying, you know, why is this a big deal? I, I don't understand. We uh, the person's personal life doesn't apply to their to their job and things like that. And I, you know, I sit halfway in between that argument uh, because there is, you know, a level of, I do wish that in, you know, in news, it wasn't a news pin, a news peg to, to have someone come out. But at the same time, there are people out there who need to know that, for example, the most successful company in the entire universe, Apple, is run by a gay man. Mm -hmm. That, that is so big. And, you know, more so, I fit into a very, 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 very small uh, minority in that I am a bisexual man who is a believer. Um, uh, I I am Christian and believe in God. And that <laughs> that reconciling that with like my technology background and my uh, you know, all of the different things that apply to me. It's, it's very, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, people might know me as, as bisexual. And then later on, uh, something, some conversation comes up where I talk about religion, which I, I hate to call it religion. I just like to consider myself faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, but that comes up and then they kind of look at me and they're like, wait, what? Cause those right. things don't reconcile in a lot of people's minds. And so when Tim Cook wrote that I consider being gay, one of the greatest gifts that God has given to me, I actually did shed tears in that moment because I consider the same thing. You know, I it has given me such a unique perspective on on life. And I think in the role that I have in the media, um, being able to to use what I've you know, what I've come to understand and learn over time has really, you know, given me a unique opportunity to to spread diversity and and spread inclusion and and things like that. And so 
that was a big, big moment for me, not because Tim Cook came out as gay, but he came out as gay and said that it was a gift that God had given him. Um, and there there are not often uh, stories, I think, that that overlap in those areas. There are stories where um, a a person comes out as gay and their family can't reconcile them being gay with their religion. And so the child gets kicked out of the home. Um, and, and I mean, in, in any kind of coming out, I, I, I don't just mean gay, but, um, and so it's sad because there are situations where those things can both be, uh, okay. <laughs> and in all actuality, those things are both okay. Um, and so, for example, for my family, it's interesting how all of this ties together. And if you don't mind, I'll go on a bit of a little bit of a story here, if that's okay. We like weeds. All right, great. <laughs> Dandelions or no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, um, I'm allergic to all of them. So, oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. Ragweed just... is uh, my enemy, but uh, story weeds are okay. <laughs> Um, so, you know, technology played an interesting part in my coming out. Um, I have, have known that I was bisexual since early on in, in high school, uh, which is late for some people and early for others. Um, but I, my first relationship with, um, a person of the same gender as mine, um, happened for the most part over technology, you know, I, the, the, the person lived in, in the United Kingdom. And so most of our, our conversations and our relations, uh, you know, talking to each other and, and things like that happened over, uh, text messages and Skype and email and YouTube conversations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, the web was my escape from the real world where I thought that I would never be uh, okay and where I thought that I would never be accepted uh, because my family is very religious and growing up, you know, I was taught that that was just not, um, not God's will and not within the bounds of what should be uh, happening if you if you want to go to heaven and you don't want to go to hell, that right. kind of thing. Um, and so that was drilled into me. And it was, you know, it was really interesting because I can honestly, looking back, I somehow led these two lives where I believed both of those things. There was the part of me that spent time on the internet and and I'm thankful that the internet was there where I was able to be the true inner core of myself. And then there was the part of me that actually believed that it was wrong and I would, you know, have conversations with people and say, yeah, I just don't understand how that person could X, Y, or Z. And I have no idea how my psyche reconciled with these two things, but it was honestly a bit of a split personality in that sense, because somehow I was, you know, in, in one sitting, I was, um, uh, talking about how it made no sense that someone would, uh, be able to, to do this. And, and in the other sense that I was, you know, I, I had a boyfriend at the time. Um, and I believed both things wholeheartedly when I was in each situation. So that was a very odd and, and tough time for me, but, you know, move forward to college. And, um, I had 
long since uh, broken up with this this person. And, you know, I was going through college and um, away from the family and, and getting new perspectives and gaining new understandings and um, reconciling myself with God, too. And, uh, you know, there, there are stories told about how people have, you know, prayed and, and cried and uh, done all of these things to say, please, God, change me and make me, you know, make me straight. And I did those things, you know, I, I spent multiple weeks every night just crying out. And I said, I just need a sign from you. I need to know that if what I'm doing, if what I am, if who I am is wrong, then I need to know because I can't continue to live my life like this. I can't continue to be sad and and uh, distraught and wondering what in the world I'm supposed to do about this. And there was a sign and the sign was uh, I got I got a message from someone on uh on facebook which uh we we hate to tell that story but <laughs> it was online That's um okay. i got a i got a message and i started talking to this person um and he is now been my boyfriend for uh going on 3 years and um you know i it was at that moment when 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 we started talking and and um i felt this happiness inside of me that i realized that you know for me this was a gift from god and this was a hey i'm okay with you you know there's there's nothing wrong with what you're doing um so for a while uh i i told shane my boyfriend that things were going to have to be on the DL because mm -hmm. I knew, I knew 100% that I was going to have to choose. I could either have Shane or I could have my family, but there was no way I could have both. And I knew within my heart of hearts that when my family learned of, of, of such things that I would never get to have them again. And so I said, until I'm ready, you know, I can't really, I can't tweet at you. I can't comment on your posts on Facebook. I can't take Instagram photos with you. I can't do all of the couple things. We can't be FBO Facebook official. Um, and I said, if that's not something that you can, you can have, if that's not something that you're okay with, then I don't think that you know, we can be together. Um, and he was absolutely wonderful and said that he was okay with it. And so time went on. And, I, you know, it had been at least a year. Uh, and I was sitting down and I'll, I'll never forget this day, I was sitting down. And my mom and I we communicate over text message most of the time, because uh, my schedule at work is it, it changes every once in a while. And, and uh, she is very kind and knows that I've got a lot going on. And I'm usually busy. So we'll start with text message and then calls later. So anyway, I got I got a text message from my mom. And it said, Can I ask you something? And I said, yeah, of course, you can ask me anything. And I had no idea what was coming next. But I thought that it was, you know, unrelated that it had something to do with everyday things, because I thought for sure I was just so good at keeping these things uh, on the DL. <laughs> so she says, um, I was just wondering, she said, if if I'm an important person in your life, and Shane is an important person in your life, when were you going to tell me about him? And I tell you what, my jaw hit the floor uh, and my heart beat out of my chest and I just sat there dumbfounded. 
And I replied back and I said, Mom, it's because you're such an important person in my life that I haven't told you about Shane. And we hopped on a call and she was just absolutely wonderful. And, you know, she said that, (laughs) you know, I've known I've known for a while. And it's actually because of social media that she found out my mom is a super sleuth (laughs) and will spend, you know, time on social media just going through. And I guess uh, Shane had posted a few photos that he, you know, he hadn't tagged me in or anything like that. But I had communicated with friends who are also friends with him. And my like I said, my mom's a super sleuth. And so she just, yeah, yeah, she just deduced it. and so, you know, we're talking on the phone and laughing about that, about how she can she can suss out anything. And, you know, they say moms have intuition anyway. And I, I really believe they do. Um, and so, you know, I, I told her about Shane and you know, now it's almost three years later and uh, it's uh, it's been great. And I didn't have to give up my family. And that has been, you know, I growing up very, 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 very family oriented. My grandma is still to this day, I consider her one of my best friends in life because uh, she was just always there for me as a, as a kid and, and growing up. And uh, I just, you know, I love my family to death. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that it was going to be one or the other. And uh, somehow I'm blessed to have both. And, um, you know, that, that uh, has been helped and uh, helped in all ways by technology, which is interesting to me. And like social media played such a heavy role in, you know, escaping as a youngster, which I think is uh, the case for a lot of people. And then later on helped me. uh, I I like to say that my mom called me out as opposed to me uh, coming out to Mm -hmm. my mom. And and I'm so happy she did. And uh, because I thought, you know, I was just going to keep putting it off until it was like, okay, now I'm, I I guess I am okay with losing my family at this point. So now I'm going to tell them. And so for her to come to me and, and, and talk about it was great. Um, So yeah, that, uh, that is the, the long winded story of how, you know, I've uh, come to believe that, God is a okay <laughs> with with me and and who I am, which you know now it, it just makes sense. It's like well, duh. Right. <laughs> um, but but at the time, and because there is so much hate out there from uh, from Christian people or people who who call themselves Christians or or what what have you, uh, people who believe in in uh, a single God, and um, it's it's just. It's sad. And I know that there are so many people out there who are afraid to share that information with their folks or with their friends or who whoever it happens to be. And, you know, I can remember being that person and going through and watching those uh, really um kind of sappy but but sweet youtube videos where people are just showing their their stories and and actual or maybe they're actually coming out live on uh and have recorded it and just sitting there kind of depressed honestly you know there there's the moment where the family like embraces them and there was this hit of dopamine and i smile and then immediately it just turned into to sadness inside and i thought you know that's never going to be me and here i am years later, and it is me. Um, And so I just I think you never know. And I think that we, you know, in in one sense, I'm talking about how people um, 
have have let me down by by asking me what are you but in another sense i think that we can also underestimate people and especially our families yeah. and um you, you know that it's uh it's not always what you think. And I had built up this huge, this huge story of how things were going to, you know, I, I had it all planned out about how things were going to break down once I, once I revealed the the big secret and it was nothing like that at all. It was completely wonderful. So I just, I don't know for, for people out there who are struggling with that and are worried, um, that it, it breaks my heart and, you know, there's never a, there's never a good time until it's the right time. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that I was always worried about, too, is that my my friends would try to pressure me into, well, you you know, now it's time. You, you've got to tell your folks about this. And, and you know, I was like, I, I want to do it on my time. And luckily, my friends were fantastic and they didn't pressure me at all. And I think that there are some people out there who will say, you know, you should just do it now or you should do do it during the month. Of, you know, or was it, is it National Coming Out Day? Yeah, day, you should yeah. do it during that day or something like that. And I really I don't think there's there's a time until there's a time. <laughs> and yeah. for me, there really wasn't a time. I uh, I was, you know, I, I consider myself lucky that it was uh, on someone else to, <laughs> to to call me out because I just, uh, you know, I, I just worried so much. I, I thought I'd lose my family and uh, I didn't. I'm so um, glad. Me too. <laughs> me too. Truly. And it's, you know, what you're what you're talking about in terms of like the, the I don't know, the crisis of faith and the duality of your identity um, to put my words on it, not yours, obviously, but like um I think that's something a lot of people of, of faith face. And I know in um, the Mennonite church and the Seventh-day Adventist churches, especially right now, are going through this upheaval about how, whether to and how to include LGBTQ members in the clergy. And and it's um, my friend Jeremy Yoder, who is a past guest, is a Mennonite pastor and you know, every once in a while he fills me in about what's happening with that. And um, I think we live in interesting times for sure. And hopefully, hopefully we all get on the same page soon because I think about the people who never, this isn't, this isn't the right way to put it. Maybe you can help me find better words, but like people who never come to terms with those two pieces of their identity, never mm-hmm. like they're, they're so, they're so ingrained in, in the religious side that they feel like they are an abomination. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, of, of self-hate there and right. a lot of just, you know, I, I can pray that away and I can put that down and I can bury it. And there are initiatives, you know, um, like counseling and pray the gay away and like all, mm-hmm. all of this stuff that like it doesn't work. It, it's just it's science. It right. doesn't work. <laughs> right. And um it it breaks my heart because I have known people who who were gay and Christian and um, what a crisis that was for them and um, continually. And I'm so glad that um, it is no longer that for you because, you know, faith is important <laughs> and, you know, I'm not religious at all, but... Um, but I know what a cornerstone it is for a lot of people and how important it is and how um, how valuable it is to to feel like you belong in that space as you are. Mm-hmm. 
it it's it's interesting you know looking back i can remember um i had a friend who uh was when i was a, a freshman in high school actually uh he was a junior in high school and we had this mentor program and so what they did was um they they worked with the freshmen we had like a a, a class every day that was kind of like study hall and they were kind of like your go-to to to navigate high school and, and if you had any questions or help needed help with homework etc cetera, etc cetera. and um he uh, s- somehow it came you know it it came in a conversation that he was faithful and uh so i always knew that about him that he went to church and 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 things like that and um I can remember as we got to know each other and as time elapsed, he came out to me. And the first thing after I fell out of my chair, because at the time I just didn't, you know, that that's just how that's how I thought about it and and um, didn't really understand exactly. And I the first thing I sent back was so then you you those things you told me about Jesus and, and, and about God that, you know, that you believe in God, those aren't true. And just looking back on myself now, you know, looking back at that young, dumb person, it's like, oh, wow. But that is that is unfortunately the 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 teaching for a lot of people. And it does. It breaks my heart. My uh, my one of my friend, another friend was talking about how, you know, she had a, a piano teacher who was was gay and just spent their whole life not being able to reconcile the two things. And that just, that breaks my heart that there are people out there who, who are unable to, and and see, that's the thing is that it's, it's not created by it's, you know, if you believe in God, like I do, um, it's not, it's not a thing that's, it's not a guilt that's created by God. It's a guilt that's created by family members and by pastors and by, by, you know, religious teachers. And that's, what's so frustrating. It comes from the human, not from, not from God. And, and so, you know, looking back anytime there's ever, there was ever that guilt, it's because of something that some human, some body said, and it was never, it was never something that, um, that was, you know, that was from God. And so that's why, you know, when I, when I prayed for that sign and, and, and things became positive, it was like, you know what, I I know, I know where I stand and I don't need a human to tell me one way or the other, because I am faithful and I believe that, that I'm a okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that just, it breaks my heart every time I, I hear those stories or I see when I rarely scroll through Facebook, but when I do scroll through Facebook and I see just some interesting and by interesting, I mean, ignorant posts that Mm -hmm. fall into that category. And it's like, man, there are, there are people in that family who will, you know, if if something like that came up, I just, I would feel so much for them. And I wouldn't, you know, I, I, I just, man, that would be so tough. But I really think that, you know, I was that, uh, I was in that boat not too long ago and, and thought for sure that there was no hope that there was no opening to, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was you and it, it may have been Georgia. Um, but one of you described, um, depression and described being in a well 
and looking up and instead of seeing a light at the end of the well, it was just more darkness. And I can say that, you know, that's where I was um, growing up and, and trying to reconcile the two things. Like there's, there's no way out of this. It's going to be a life of unhappiness in one sense for the sake of happiness in another sense, family and, and religious values. And I, I, I keep going back to this because I, I really do. I'm so blessed that, that that hasn't been the case. And I'm so happy that that hasn't been the case. But for those that, that are experiencing those things, uh, you know, I, I hesitate to to go with the it gets better thing, because at this point it seems a little cliche, cliche but yeah. at the same time, like it, it's for a lot of people, that's the case. And for someone who felt that, no, there's no way it gets better. Well, me, it, it, it does. It does. Um, and it can. And I think, you know, searching out people who uh, my my one of my closest friends on this planet, she is also a very faithful person. And her and I are such good friends. And, you know, it was, it was good friends with Shane. And, and we, we get along so well. And, you know, she can reconcile those two things, too. And so surrounding yourself with people who are are like minded, you know, sometimes that can get used uh, against you. It's like, well, of course, if you surround yourself with people who are like minded, then you're going to believe these things. But I, I don't I, I don't think that's the case. I think finding people who aren't basing things in hate, but are basing things in love is very important and can be a very helpful thing. Um, and a support group is so, so important because you really don't want to go it alone. And I, I, I spend a lot of time going it alone and that was not, not a good thing. And it's, it's, you know, humans function better <laughs> surrounded by others. Um, I'm taking that from Georgia too. <laughs> As <laughs> you can so tell, smart. I listen to her a lot. Yeah, she's so smart. <laughs> um, and so we, you know, we, we need other people. And uh, I think finding people who, who especially come from your background and fit into that, you know, those, those different uh, groups is, is helpful because mm -hmm. you both can kind of talk through those things and um, come to an understanding and, and wriggle out some meaning. So that, that is interesting. Yeah. Oh, so we're, we're right at an hour now and that's flown. Um, it has. Wow. <laughs> So um, I'd love to have you back on again, because I think that we could talk about a lot of things. But um, for now, is there anything else you wanted to talk about today? You know, there's one last thing, uh, the the convergence of the biracial and bisexual. Um, and that is the fact that uh, Shane, I remember you mentioning earlier that you have like no pigment in your skin. And <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty white. <laughs> uh, Shane is uh, is the exact same way. Uh, he's uh, very, very white um, color wise. And, you know, it's interesting when I first uh, was coming out to to friends. uh I had a few friends who just made the assumption that the, you know, that my, my boyfriend, the person that I was quote unquote talking to at the time was African-American. Um, and that just, that's just interesting to me. I don't even know if there's anything to gain from that or to understand from that, but, um, being a mixed race, same sex couple has its own struggles. Um, 
but also seems to have its own uh, pre uh, predispo not predispositions, but a presuppositions, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, which was interesting to me. It was like, oh, uh, it's interesting that you thought that because mm -hmm. I just I don't know, for for some people, perhaps race plays a, a bigger role in an attraction. Um, but for me, perhaps because of my multi race um, and multi-gender attraction it doesn't uh so so that could be the difference but uh, i don't know that that it's interesting like we talked about at the beginning of the of the show how uh there's so many we're like programmed with these binary decisions and yep. and um so yeah i i think if there's one bit of uh bit of advice i could give to anybody it's just don't assume anything, you know, really don't assume anything about somebody and be careful with your questions as well. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good to talk to you, though. Oh, my goodness. I'm so happy to have talked to you. Amazing episode. Um, Micah, how can people find you online? Uh, if they want to listen to my ramblings, uh, they can check out Integrate. Uh, that's integrate.fm. Yeah, we've got one of those FM hey, domains. Dave. It's so super cool these Fancy. days. <laughs> uh, where we talk about tech and um, with, with a good friend of mine. You can also find me on Twitter. That's at Micah Sargent. And um, you can find me at Newsy, where I mostly talk about technology, but also uh, do uh, voicing for entertainment news. So, yes, reality TV, the trash oh. that rots your brain. <laughs> um, so kind of uh, jack of all trades over at Newsy and, and end up uh, writing and, and voicing and anchoring content for all kinds of things. But those are the three main places you can find me online. Awesome. And you can find the show on Twitter at Less Than or Equal if you have feedback, suggestions for guests, or would like to follow in Micah's footsteps and be a guest, please go to lessthanorequal.com and fill out the contact form. Um, if you have a few minutes, it would be wonderful if you'd leave a review on iTunes or even just a star rating. And the number one thing you can actually do to help the show is tell people about it. If you found a conversation interesting, share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time on an internet near you, I am Aline Sims for Less Than or Equal.